Hello and welcome to the Sick Podcast, Giant Central, the sickest New York Giants podcast on the planet, in the universe. Don't matter where you are, don't get better than this. I'm your host, Desmond Novak, a little bit under the weather if you can't tell, so I apologize if my voice is a little more monotone than usual. Going to be going over the Giants Commanders Week 7 game as well as the debate of whether Tyrod Taylor should start over Daniel Jones in the future. Hit it, Sammy. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, Giants Central. Incomplete, and the ball game's over, and the Giants have won Super Bowl 46. The sickest New York Giants podcast. It's gonna be sick. All right, y'all, gonna get right into it. Giants Commanders, Week 7. Their first win in a long time, and it feels good to have a victory Monday on my lap right now. The, I'm going to talk about the offense first. Y'all know their best game since week two against the Cardinals. Not a good game, but their best their best game in five weeks now. Offense scored their first touchdown since week three, and not only did they score one, they got two of them things. Two. I, it just, ooh, man, it was so nice to see that. The first one went to Darren Waller. just a simple 15-yard pass thrown between two defenders. It was like the, the commanders were running a zone, and Waller, or yeah, Waller kind of just found his spot in the middle of them, and Tyrod read it perfectly, processed it fast, hit him right in the hands, perfect. The second one wasn't even, it was like a possession or two after. Saquon Barkley got a pass from Tyrod Taylor. Broke a Jamin Davis tackle. Straight shot to the end zone 35 yards out. And, I mean, it was, you know, it was it was a good game. It was nice to see the offense finally score. Uh, Daniel Jones did not play this game, as you all know. And I'm going to get into the debate that has been starting a lot between Giants fans of who should be starting in the future. And I, it's it's pretty it's going to be really interesting to see. I will say Tyrod has looked very good in his first two starts. He's he didn't miss a couple of easy throws in this game that were like, yeah, that sucks. But Daniel Jones has done the same thing as well. Finished the game completing eighteen of his twenty nine pass attempts for two hundred seventy nine yards and two touchdowns. Not bad. The offensive line continued to look better with Tyrod at, t- at quarterback, and I don't even necessarily think that it's a uh, really a like an offensive line issue. I think it's more of Tyrod Taylor. He moves around in the pocket faster. He's better pocket awareness. He processes defenses faster. So he's going to get sacked less than Daniel Jones, who might be faster in the open field, but is not like nearly as elusive. Um, the line in general, though, they were all right. They didn't, they weren't very great in the run game, but for their abilities and pass protection, I was honestly kind of surprised, especially considering that we uh, started Tyree Phillips, who we signed five days ago. Tyree Phillips is familiar with the, the you know playbook and all that. We had him in the preseason, had him last season. For some reason, decided to cut him. Now he's back, signed up from the Eagles. Evan Neal didn't play this game, so he was kind of forced to start. Justin Pugh had another iffy game, gave up two sacks at Chase Young, which again, I'm going to be honest, there's not many other options for left tackle, but the moment one of Matt Pert, Andrew Thomas, whoever gets healthy, they got to get Pew out of tackle and get him into guard because it was only like nine or 10 snaps. But Justin Pugh looked really good at guard against when he started against the Bills. 
And honestly, considering how bad the offensive line was to start the season against like, you know, the Niners, Cowboys giving up 12, 11 sacks against the Seahawks. I'm glad to finally see things gel a bit and it's I'm going to be even happier once we get John Michael Schmitz and Andrew Thomas back. Hopefully they'll be here sooner than later. JMS, I expect to be maybe a week or two more. Andrew Thomas, I really have no idea. I'm going to be honest, like he's really confusing right now as all hamstring injuries typically are. You never know when a player is coming back. And even if they do come back, how long they're going to be back for, because it's really a lingering injury that we've seen in both in almost every sport, especially like basketball. Uh, Jalen Hyatt finally got involved big time on the offense, caught two passes for 75 yards. The Giants are finally using him as they should be, getting him downfield, having him just beat these corners off the edge with his speed. And he just looked very good. Um, there's a uh, catch that Ron Riverboat Ron fucking dumbass threw a <laughs> threw a, a challenge flag at that he it was honestly an incredible catch like for all the the criticism people even myself had for Jalen Hyatt coming out of college like he looked really good like everything that people said about him not being able to run routes make difficult catches all really being proven wrong so far I wish that the Giants would use him more and this kind of goes into my next point of how the Giants are they very clearly trust Tyra to make these throws these deep ball throws and are opening up the playbook more which is not good personally I trust Daniel Jones to make like his you know usual check down passes better than Tyrod but at the end of the day it's 2023 defenses are starting to pick up on uh, on the Giants only running these short passes and having a guy like Tyrod who can open the playbook up is a, a very very good thing to have uh Saquon Barkley look great again outside of his fumble it's like his fifth fumble of his career only like his second lost one or something like that he couldn't get things going on the ground like consistently because of the offensive line not being good but he had a couple big time runs and obviously the uh, pass catch he took in for a touchdown finished the game with 21 carries for 77 yards as well as three receptions for 41 yards and a touchdown so that's like i'm not even gonna try the math never mind <laughs> And honestly, I'm excited to see how not only he plays, but everyone kind of plays once, you know, the offensive lines back to not full health, but at least get, you know, again, Andrew Thomas and John Michael Schmitz back. Overall, this is the best game that we've seen from the Giants offense. Uh, but I don't know, like it's it's such a weird spot because like I want to say they play good because they play good due to their compared to their expectations and kind of like where they've been at this season. But again, scoring 14 points after all the opportunities the defense gave you is not very good. We'll have to see how they play against the Jets, who have a much better defense in that than that of the Commanders. Speaking of defense, going to talk about the Giants defense. But actually, if you're an NBA fan like me, this is going to be exciting for you. The wait is over. NBA opening day is today. And DraftKings Sportsbook has a great deal for y'all. An official sports betting partner of the NBA is celebrating opening day with an unbeatable offer. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down $5 on the NBA. Win or lose, it don't matter, baby. You're going to start the season with an instant dub. And with DraftKings parlays, everyone's got a shot at even bigger basketball wins. String together multiple bets from the same game or build your parlay across multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter. Basketball is more fun when you're in on the action. Y'all already know. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 6sports. 
New customers can bet $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5. Damn it. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code 6sports. The crown is yours. Gambling product, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. But back into the Giants, back to the NFL, no more NBA talk. Onto the defense, another outstanding, elite, incredible performance from the defense. They've allowed just 21 points in their last two games. I said in the last episode that they needed to put pressure on Sam Howell, and man, they did just that. They had five sacks total going into this week and came out with six, and they also had 12 quarterback hits. Wink dialed up a lot of creative blitzes, and honestly, some nice defensive line stunts that we never really see out of Wink. Like he'll he'll come up with like very creative uh, blitzes, like the Jason Pinnock safety blitz that got him a sack. Micah McFadden usually gets some creative sets because he's a very good pass rusher. But Leonard Williams kind of had a, a like a misdirection kind of play on his first sack of the season. Leonard Williams before the game was talking about how, how he thinks he's a selfless player and he kind of like eats up double teams for other players, which is true if you watch the film. Leonard Williams like is a very underrated player and there is no doubt that I, I don't even mean this in a negative way towards wing, but if that, if Leonard Williams was playing on a different team, he'd look much more like his pro bowl 12 sack season kind of guy. Uh, for some reason, speaking of double teams, Dexter Lawrence wasn't double teamed this game, like at, very often. And he kind of ate Nick, former giant Nick Gates alive. He had six tackles, two sacks, a tackle for loss. And I believe eight pressures, which is just, absurd uh again he was matched up against former giant nick gates who hilariously enough if you're a giants fan you know nick gates would always get up in the faces of opponents and he even did that i think after xavier mckinney had a helmet to helmet hit on i think it was terry mcclure and nick gates got up in his face which is honestly really funny to see uh Kayvon Thibodeau looked great again had a sack and a half a tackle for loss two quarterback hits four tackles in general and even a drop pick six but for the agenda we're going to call it a pass deflection for for the, the sake of Kayvon Thibodeau, that's a pass deflection. It would have been nice to see him pick it off and take it to the house because I think that's his second dropped interception of the season, which is really funny. Um, even Leonard Williams, again, calling himself selfless, he had a great game. He had a sack that ended the commander's drive early on in the game, which then led to the Giants' first touchdown in three weeks, whatever. Uh, he also blocked a field goal in the fourth quarter to keep it at a seven-point game and kind of forced the commanders into a funky situation on their last drive. Deontay Banks continues to just look great. I will say Terry McLaurin was the first receiver to kind of like give him fits, like give him some issues. But overall, he had the interception. He made some big plays down the line. So I don't really care what he does during the game as long as he shows up when the Giants need him. The Giants on his interception were running a zone. And I'm going to be honest, if Sam Howell was like, even a good quarterback, he could have made this pass. It was basically, I, I don't know the name of the zone off the top of my head. I'm, you know, I'm sick. My mind's all over the place. But basically, the corner had the low, the safety had the high, and there's kind of a gap in between. And if you're, again, a good quarterback, you know that you just got to laser that thing in, hit him in the hands. It's, you know, easy, easy pass to make. Like, that's an easy zone to break. But for some reason, Sam Howell just kind of lofted it in there and gave Deontay Banks like plenty of time to recover, made an easy interception. And yeah, great, great play and read by Banks. He, again, very underrated rookie. I don't know if I can say that he'd be the best corner in his rookie draft class uh, after uh, Devin Witherspoon. But honestly, 
there's a very real chance that he is because uh, Emmanuel Forbes has been garbage. Uh, he was actually like barely on the field against the Giants, which isn't surprising because, again, he's been really bad. I talked about it in last week's episode. Uh, Christian Gonzalez is out for the season. I think Joey Porter's been pretty good. I haven't heard much on him. And, I mean, that's really it for, like, the first-round corners. I haven't really checked in on my, my later-round guys like Tyreek Stevenson, Cam Smith. I'm probably going to actually do that after this episode now that it's on my mind. Bobby Okereke looked great again, 11 tackles and a pass deflection. Even Micah McFadden, he didn't have a great game statistically, but, like, he had a sack. He had a good amount of tackles. PFF gave him, like, the highest linebacker grade of the week, which, I'm going to be honest, is pretty crazy because, like, watching that game and then watching some of the film after that, I didn't. Like, he was good, but he wasn't best linebacker in the league, according to PFF. Good. Uh, Giants absolutely shut down the commander's run game, held them to only 19 carries for 76 yards and touchdown. And I mean, Saquon alone almost outperformed that, but that's not surprising because commanders don't really have many great running backs. They were running a guy I've never heard of before. They have Antonio Gibson, who has never really been that great. They have Brian Robinson, who great story, not a great player. (laughs) Um, and again, their offensive line is garbage. I I said it last week. Again, if there's any offensive line in the NFL, that's worse than the giants. It's the commanders. Uh, they also held Sam Howell to completing just 22 of of his 42 pass attempts. That's 20 incompletions. That's really bad for 249 yards, no touchdowns and one interception. Again, they put a lot of pressure on him. They had him shit in his pants in the pocket. Didn't know where to throw, made a lot of bad plays. Again, a couple of passes that should have been intercepted. And it's not surprising. I was never very high on Sam Howell. I don't know if many people really were other than the 15 Commanders fans that are out there. Um, And kind of the recipe that the Giants cooked up to stop Sam Howell is what they need to do against Zach Wilson. Because Zach Wilson has like a genuine case to be the worst starting quarterback in the NFL, is playing behind a questionable offensive line. So just keep dialing up those creative blitzes, those stunts, and just get Get him under pressure. That's going to be how you beat him. Uh, and this is probably my last, yeah, my last thing on the defense. A really underrated performer of this game that I'm not really seeing a lot of people talking about is Nick McLeod. Uh, he was a pretty decent player for the Giants last year because uh, the Giants had, you know, Adore Jackson go out with injury. Cordell Flott was dealing with injury. There's no Aaron Robinson all season. There's no Aaron Robinson now. Uh, but he was a big special teams player. And when he had to step up a corner, he played pretty well. Great open field tackler, struggled in coverage at times. The Giants tried him out at safety during training camp. It didn't really work out much. So with that, he hasn't seen the field. But Adore Jackson didn't play this game. And he was given an increase in snaps. And he played pretty damn well. He allowed just one reception on three targets for 10 yards. It was like, it's nice to see guys like that ball out. Like those late round undrafted guys come in, step up and play well. I kind of hope he sees more snaps because really outside of Adore and Deontay Banks. The secondary has been a little questionable. Trey Hawkins was finally put back into action again. He looked fine. He didn't look great like he looked all summer and in the preseason, but for a fifth, sixth round pick, I'm not going to complain. Overall, another great game for the defense. They got to keep it up against the Jets, though, because the Jets also have a great defense, and I can very easily see them shutting down the Giants. So, it's going to be a really fun game. I always love the battle in New York. I mean, it's not the last time, but obviously my best memory from these matchups are Victor Cruz's 99-yard touchdown, my favorite football player of all time. So that being said, the final note on today's episode, Daniel Jones 
versus Tyrod Taylor. From everything that I or we have seen or heard from the Giants, Daniel Jones is set to be the starter once he is healthy again. But from my point of view, from a fan's point of view, from fans of other teams' point of view, it's difficult not to question who should be starting. Tyrod might not be better, like objectively better than Daniel Jones, but there's no doubt in my mind that he does a good bit of things better than him. He throws he throws deep balls better. They trust, and clearly the Giants trust him to make these throws more. He processes defense better and faster, way better in the pocket, like insanely better in the pocket. I love Daniel Jones. Jones, but like the Seahawks, those 11 sacks, only like four or five of those were credited to the Giants offensive line. A lot of them are just him not knowing what to do in the pocket. Um, It's a tough case to make for Tyrod because Jones led the Giants to the playoffs last season. He's historically been better and Tyrod has played great, but he did just beat a not very good commanders team that Daniel Jones probably would have beaten as well. I don't think Daniel Jones has ever lost to the, the commanders. I could very well be wrong. And if he's lost to the commanders, I think it's just one game. So I, I don't know. The court, These quarterback controversies are always so tough to judge because like one wrong decision and your whole franchise is just down the shitter. Like you have to question if you if your coach is the right guy, if your general manager in this in this case, Joe Shane, made the right decision on whether or not to resign Daniel Jones. It's just it's really tough to make. Me personally, I'd say to roll with Daniel Jones for now, but don't give him any room to make mistakes. Have a tighter leash on him to where if he starts breaking down and playing poor in a game, you bench him immediately and get Tyrod Taylor in there because I think Daniel Jones could be better. I think a lot of his uh, poor play has had to do with just the fact that he's playing behind a a crapshoot offensive line. Uh, The play calling for him has not been good albeit he's also just not been good himself. I think he would have played better against the commanders, but then again, look at how well Tyrod played against the Bills. I have a tough time seeing Daniel Jones playing that well against a team like the Bills because we've seen how well he's played against a team like the Niners or even the goddamn Seahawks. It's really a tough situation. Again, I would say roll with Daniel Jones just to be safe, but if he if he starts shitting his pants in the pocket, pull him out, get Tyrod in, and then assess your situation from there. With that being said, going to wrap it up. A little short but sweet episode. I wanted to make it longer, but again, I'm feeling a little under the weather. Thank you so much for watching. Remember to like, comment, subscribe. Let me know in the comments down below who you think should start over Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor. With that being said, thank you so much for watching, and I'll see y'all in the next one. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast, Giant Central, on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.